Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Five Hole Fantasy Hockey Podcast. We're your hosts today, TJ and Zach. Hey, hey, hey. Today we are doing the weekend preview mailbag session. If you guys want to find us, we're on Twitter at FHF Hockey. We got the Fantasy Hockey Discord that is bumping all the time. You're welcome to join. Let's get into headlines right off the bat. The first one, I'm going to take this one. Jacob Vrana clearing waivers. Uh, there was only a handful of teams that really could have done anything with Jacob Vrana. I think there was, what, there was there's Carolina, Columbus, St. Louis, New Jersey. They have long-term cap. And then there's Chicago, Arizona, Anaheim, and Buffalo. They had the raw space to do it. All of these teams decided not to. That's a lot of good teams. That's a lot of good teams. You almost feel like, man, I, I think they could use a Jakob Verona if he's playing, if he's out Every there. Every single one of these teams. Every single one. Like, St. Yeah. Louis just lost uh, Tarasenko. Like, they could they could use him. Chicago, come on. Arizona, Anaheim, Buffalo, all of them can use a middle six winger. I don't know if, if Verona's going to hit his ceiling ever, but, you know, he's been pretty good in the middle six. New Jersey, that would be a ton of fun. Yeah. Even Carolina. I mean, I know they got some. They have some guys coming back, but still, they've had questions this year, especially when it comes to scoring. I don't know. It, it's it it is surprising to me. Do you think it was just because nobody knows why that he was in the player system program that you know maybe people teams were afraid they just kind of shied away at all that. Either that or they do know why. I mean, I don't know why. Yeah, I don't so. want to speculate on that, but I think the uncertainty played into it at least a little bit. But we'll see what happens. I mean, he was doing he was in this conditioning stint in the AHL already, so they're just gonna keep him down there. The plot thickens. We're gonna see where that one goes. Oh, do you want to take the injuries here? Sure. Uh, yeah, yeah, I'll take the bad vibes. I usually do. All right. It's most it's most of my life anyway. So yeah. all right. Jake DeBrus, broken fibula, as per Matt Porter. Uh we're definitely going to, you know, get more of a clearer timeline coming up here. But that won't be until Thursday, and it, it's going to be a while, like a while, while, e- even if he, you know, I, I could see him possibly not playing again this year, and that would suck because he's been he's been doing fantastic. He didn't travel with the Bruins for uh, their three-game road, stri- uh, road trip, so the perfection line is back together. You got Taylor Hall on line two with Krejci and Zaka. There'll be more of, you know, a, a top power play spot open who who do you think is going to fill that spot uh jake debrus was actually a, a player that really you know was thriving on that power play too i think it's going to be i mean taylor hall david krejci pavel zaka even um, david krejci come on please please that, please yeah that could be a whole thing make him even more awesome like let it it's like david krejci getting a, a fucking power up like he just ate a mushroom you know what i mean <laughs> it would be great i mean you got to pay attention to it. Like a lot of people were losing interest in Taylor Hall as it is. So, you know, for him to get this kind of deployment as bad a situation as it is, because he's, you know, kind of benefiting off the brusque's fractured fibula. I just Googled it uh, six weeks to three months before patients are able to return to their new normal routine. That's what I'm saying. I could, yeah. it's, it's going to be a long time. So yep. we'll, we'll see. Got some good news though. Patches. Max Patch ready. He is back. He is activated off IR. Um, now we did say recently, like you know, he's been skating, and then he was out there, and it wasn't even long actually until he was practicing and put you know the non he had a non contact jersey on. He started taking contact, and he came back. You know, once we started hearing about it, pretty quickly. 
It is going to be interesting to see how the lines shake up, though. I will say that. And and like we kind of said before, but they can definitely use somebody else, like, you know, even on that top line right now. But they got Paul yeah. Stastny up there right now. And Paul Stastny is, you know, okay, but like, hell, he wasn't fitting in for a while at the beginning of the year. And all of a yeah, sudden, now sure. he's starting to come, you know, come to a little bit. Something's going to change. Um, Stefan Nason, he is, uh, I guess he's hurt or maybe he's back. I don't know, but I assume he's going to be the one getting bumped off the top power play for Pacioretty. We don't know if he's going to play. They're going to, they're keeping this one pretty close to the vest, I think. And, um, you know, Brendan Moore will come out with a statement tomorrow around dinner time, and then we'll know a little bit more about what's going on there. But I am excited to see what the lines look like with him in there. Uh, they're playing Nashville tomorrow on Thursday, so that's going to be that's going to be a fun one to follow and kind of see a lot of people invested in patches this year, right? And have been holding them on IR or just kind of like scoping them out, sniping them on the, the waiver wire, waiting for this day. And it'll, it'll be fun to see it come to fruition like this. And actually, their top power play is Ajo, Svech, Burns, and then you have to think Pacioretty will be there, and either Seth Jarvis or Martin Neitzsch. Well, Jarvis moved up because Stefan Nason was out. Most so you think so. you think you think Natchez, you think Neitzsch stays? Uh, yeah, I, I can see there. it. Yeah, Jack Eichel, uh, Jack Eichel, uh, game time decision tonight. Gonna get clarity here soon, I believe. If uh, if he was playing, uh, but he was taking rushes on line two with Smith and Wah. Carlson down to line three with uh, Cotter and Kessel. We talked. We just did. Uh, we just talked about Chandler Stevenson, um, which that was a that was a great name, by the way, for that last episode. I did like that one. He's keeping line one with Amadio right now and Mark Stone. Uh, so it almost seems like there could be some hope for Amadio to kind of stick around here. Is, is that what it's looking like? I, I don't, I don't really know. We'll, we'll see with Jack Eichel though. He was playing tonight, so he'll be on. Oh, that's good. Um, yeah. I, I mean, Amadio has been red hot. You know, I kind of thought that Eichel would take back his line one spot and then, you know, Chando would move over or whatever, but, uh, they're going for depth here. So I, I don't know. I'm very interested to see how this goes. And with this, I think there's a bit of a longer leash or at least a longer timeline with Michael Amadio. Um, Cause I do think things start to shake out and they wind their way back. Bruce Cassidy. I mean, he was, he was the mind behind the perfection line in Boston. So I, I don't know. I feel like he likes stacking a top line and it'll work its way back there. Uh, next up, we do have still a little bit of a little bit more good news. Uh, Peter Laviolette says that Backstrom and Wilson are actually close to returning, and T.J. Oshie did return. He is on the third line right now with Marcus Johansson and Lars Eller. Um, so I mean, they're they're looking to get some people back, and man, I'm I'm ready for some Tom Wilson back in my life. Um, we are keeping an eye on Patrick Clint, uh, Patrick Kane, who left last night's game and did not return. Uh, Nikolai Ehlers, he's looking close to returning. And Perfetti as well. Uh, Robbie Fabry, he returned to game action. Slotted in on the fourth line right now, which kind of sucks. But it is what it is. He, You know, he, you got to think he's not going to stay there. It doesn't really make sense. Tristan Jari is being reevaluated back in Pittsburgh. He did, remember, he did come back for that game on Monday. Mm -hmm. um, but he, you know, he went back to Pittsburgh. So you were stuck with Casey DeSmith. Good luck with that. Carter Hart 
he is off IR. Like we said, you know, he cleared concussion protocol. It's only just a matter of time until they decide to actually bring him back. He was kept out for precautionary reasons. And Pavel Francouz, he's been taking shots in practice. So actually, uh, you know, some decent vibes. They weren't all bad vibes. Uh, On Robbie Fabry, I mean, the guy is always hurt. So I feel like line four is the smart move, especially with the top six playing the way it is, like Michael Rasmussen's doing his thing, Jonathan Bergeron's doing his thing. You know, you, you really want to kind of cradle Robbie Fabry because uh, it happens a lot. Let's get into the mailbag. Mailbag time? Mailbag. Isaac, 04 from the Discord. All of our questions are from the Discord. I think I forgot to shout out Twitter. So that's my bad. But uh, all the more reason to join the Discord Twister here. Machine. Isaac, 04, maybe a bit early for this question, but with the World Juniors, it seems relevant. I play in a 16-team, four-man keeper league, first year in the league, so I have no experience with choosing slash drafting keepers. What's the protocol, for lack of a better word, around a potential superstar keeper such as Bedard? For instance, where were people drafting McDavid and Matthews? killing it. Killing it. (laughs) Uh, Where were people drafting McDavid and Matthews in their rookie years, and where might I expect people to draft him? How far is it an acceptable... Uh, how far is an acceptable reach in order to have him? Uh, and just for reference, McDavid was being drafted in the th- third round in a 16-team or very early third round. His ADP was 34.3 in 2015. That's where I'd be aiming. Now, I'm not saying that Bedard is going to be the next McDavid, and I think there's going to be a little bit of leeway. You might get an extra round out of it, like fourth round type of thing. But uh, I think the hype, is is pretty close to what it was with McDavid. Obviously, McDavid's was a little louder, but even casual hockey fans know who Connor Bedard is. You know, we've been a little bit spoiled. Um, maybe not. Whatever the opposite of spoiled is, because the only first overall pick that really has cashed in so far in recent memory is Jack Hughes. You know, we've had like, you know, Nico Heischer has done his thing, and you know, Lafreniere and Slavkowski. <clears throat> Granted, he's only been in the league for a year, but. You know, I, I feel like personally desensitized to first overall uh, in terms of immediate impact over the last few years. Now with Bedard, I, I think in a keeper league, now depending on where you're, you are in the standings, maybe you can make a couple trades to stock up on third round picks, fourth round picks. Third round picks is what I would do just because fourth round might be too late if, if the hype is going to match McDavid here with an ADP of 34.3. And he did really well that year. That was the year that, um, shit, what was the guy's name? He was a Flyers player. The really, really bad defenseman. Broke his clavicle. Do you remember who that was? And then he got traded to the Oilers. And, like, McDavid had to play with the guy who destroyed his rookie year. Oh, who was you that? Remember? Shit. It was yeah. a really shitty defenseman. He, he sucked. I think he went to the uh, Blackhawks first. I don't know. He sucked. He was terrible. That doesn't matter. I thought that was um, like Zach Ronaldo. No, Ronaldo, he went all over the place, but it was a defenseman, really terrible defenseman. I do remember um, who you're talking I do remember yeah. that happening. It'll come to me in the middle of the episode. But basically what I'm trying to say is you can expect to see Bedard go or take Bedard in like the third or fourth round next year. Because somebody else will. Because somebody else will. Yeah. And that's the, that's the thing with drafting. It's like it's a waiting game. Uh, where are you willing to gamble? Who's willing to gamble first? If you're in a 16-teamer, you know you know where you're going to take him, but do you know where the other 15 guys are going to take him? Or gals, whatever. But uh, what are you going to do? 
who's going to take him first? Everybody's thinking, uh, well, am I going to do it? Is, is the third round a good time to uh, gamble? But that's that's where I'd be thinking. Third round, maybe the fourth round, just because I don't think he is a McDavid, but I don't know if the hype is going to... I don't know. The rose-colored glasses might just have him going in the third. So that's where I'd be. That's where I'd be looking for him in a redraft keeper, even. All right. Uh, okay, we'll move on to the next one. Uh, it's Johnson. How do you salvage an injury-riddled season in a head-to-head redraft league? Is it beneficial to st- just start dropping key injured players and putting bodies on the roster? Or just hold them and hope to God everyone is healthy by playoffs. He's got three IR plus spots and nine injured players Jesus. on a 22-man roster. I've, I've been there. I'm sk- I've been there. <laughs> I'm going to uh, I'm going to skip ahead because the next question is is pretty similar, and I think every a lot of this can like tie in. Um, senior Senior Rico Suave. From the Discord, I'm in a ten man, uh, ten team keeper league where you can keep up to three guys. I have the most points scored, uh, most points for in my league, but I'm five and seven, and I'm gonna have to scrap scrape for the last playoff spot because of some unlucky injuries and some bad beats. At what point do I pull the cord and just load up for the next year and write off an unlucky year? He could get a first round pick for Kucherov, and he's got guys like Ehlers, Kane, and Marchesso, etc., on his IR. A late season run isn't out of the question. What would you do? Now let's start on the first guy here, who's uh, you know, injury riddled season, and when like he's got nine guys, right? And that's that's a lot. Um, how do you take this one? I I think the the real question here is the fact that obviously the one is a keeper league where you're keeping three guys. He's in a much better position. If you were in a complete redraft league where you were getting none of the players you have this year, next year, then, man, it's just a totally different question. You do have to think about trying to just do what you have to do. Now, nine players injured, you're going to just, you're going to automatically lose spots. If these are long-term injuries where they're, you know, this is weeks ahead, broken fibula type of shit, mm. then, you, then you have to trade those players away at the very least in order to just be able to recoup rosterable players to somebody that can withstand those IR, you know, those IR slumps that might be in a better position. Now, if you're in a in a keeper league, now I'm not saying you just phone it in now and and start trading away your assets, but at least at the same time, if you feel like chances are you might be out of it, then there's no reason not to to load up and make your keepers better because that's what you're doing in that situation. You are trading you you can even trade two keepers for one keeper and have it be a really fucking good keeper. Like, but you already have Kucherov, so I mean he's a pretty damn good keeper. Yeah, and I think no matter what you do, I think I, what I would do I'm not trading Kucherov. Um Ehlers and Kane I'm down for though. But I, yeah, I agree. I would I would keep Kuch. Yeah, because I mean you're in a you're in a keep three, so the best like a first round pick is really a fourth round value, and you're not going to get better than Kucherov in the fourth round if that's kind of what if that's what happens, right? If everybody keeps top three round players, your best case scenario is getting a fourth round value. 
Uh, and sometimes like things slip through the cracks and maybe you'll get a first round pick, but you already have a first round pick in Kucherov. So I'm keeping him. No matter what you do, you're keeping Kucherov. Um, you know, I think you, I still think you could do some damage, senior Rico Suave here. Like you have the most points for you're five and seven. Your underlying stats are really good because you are, you're scoring the most points out of your entire league. It's just like your opponents keep getting lucky. And there's no reason that you can't get lucky the same way that your opponents have been. So for me, I'm going to keep running it, uh, maybe make a little bit of trading happen and stock up for next year. But every single year that we're in a league, a keeper league, a dynasty league, whatever it is, every single year, we're trying to win it. So, yeah, you maybe you're setting up for next year, but you could find yourself in the same position next year, having the most points for and just getting bad luck. And then you're kicking the can down another year. Every single year, we got to go for it. So. Uh, keep running it. Luck is hopefully going to break your way. So I don't know. Maybe you get as lucky as your opponents have been. And I think maybe <laughs> I feel like it's like fantasy PDO, right? So like the the tides have got to shift here. Um, all right. So then it's Johnson. How do you salvage an injury riddled season? And this kind of ties into Rico Suave here. Nine injured players. That's too many. Um, 22 roster spots. I think you got to start trimming the fat. Whatever it is, like, you know, you have three IR spots already, so keep those full. Drop a handful of the the injured guys. Like, you know, what do you have, six six injured guys that aren't on IR? And it 22 roster spots. It sounds like an ESPN league, so I'm guessing you have five or six bench spots. Uh, with that, that's your entire bench is all injured, and you're just running a roster. I'm dropping half those guys to get bodies. So you and then who guys, you have as a streamer spot. You still have to be able to stream players at the same time, too. Well, I think if you're dropping three big names for three guys on the waiver wire, it's going to be easy to interchange well, now, one yeah, of then those you replacement would. guys. Yeah, so it's just any of, players, any of those guys. Don't. Yeah, it depends. Like, I don't think... Did he tell us how big his league is? Uh, no. So I don't know what your waiver wire looks like or how competitive it might be. But um, what I'm doing here is, you know, you got to cut three to four of those injured players and just start icing bodies uh, because you know it, you could still be in it depending on what your record looks like and how far these injured players have screwed you I think most seasons are salvageable when I was in training flight attendant training um, I think I won one week out of six and uh, my my listener league record is in the dumps so I don't know I, I could potentially make a run and <laughs> kind of go 500 the rest of the way but I don't know. I think there's a shot for anybody going in the playoffs. So um, both of these cases, it's Johnson and Rico Suave. I, I think you guys just eyes on the prize right now. Uh, yeah, and you definitely got to drop some of those injured players. So, all right, next question. O'Malley Cat, is Kuzmenko a hold for the rest of the season, or should I look at a trade? What's your take there? Trade. I'm all about trading everybody. I'm all about trades all the time, and I know you are too. Um, I I don't I don't really trust Vancouver number one, and Kuzmenko is doing great. He really is, uh, but that's when you want to sell a player. Do you mm -hmm. think he's going to continue mm -hmm. to do as great as he is doing? I don't know no. that he is. No. So no, it's, it's really now unstable. is when you trade him. Now it's very unstable. Twenty three percent shooting percentage, under two shots a game. That's not a good recipe for sustainability so i think if you can sell he's on a 71 point pace right now if you can sell him as a 70 point player even a 65 like if you're wholesaling him uh try not to 
to like move down any more than like five pace points here because you know what you're losing in points pace here is stability so i think if, if you can get like a 65 point guy with ceiling like, like upside there i think that's a trade i'm making you know like a trocheck or um I don't know. Trocheck's too hot right now. I don't think anybody's going for a Kuzmega. But you know what I mean? Like a like a 65-point guy who could hit 70. Because right now you have a 70-point guy who could hit 60. So, I, like, I'm just looking to switch it the other way, even if you got to bite the bullet by five points uh, as, it's, as it stands right now. Uh, all right, Ruckus is asking, will Barkov outproduce Trocheck rest of season? No. Or Yes. I read that backwards. Barkov will outproduce Trocheck rest of season. Well, Barkov um, is just a I most player. definitely read that backwards. Yeah. I feel like Trocheck's ceiling is Barkov's floor. Like 65 points, 70 points is Trocheck's ceiling. And that's where Barkov's floor is. So and we might see both this year. We might see Trocheck's ceiling at 70, and we might see Barkov's floor at 70, but all the sustainability signs point in opposite directions. Like Trocheck is like 70 or less and Barkov is 70 or more. And those are the, those are the things that make the most sense. So, you know, if, if you're looking at a Barkov for Trocheck trade, Barkov side wins. And that's what happens. Like, it, you know, if you're in a three man league and you have Barkov and you're looking at Trocheck on the waiver wire, I'm keeping Barkov. So any, any situation where I need to pick one out of the two of these guys, it's Barkov. And I mean, I'll be honest with you, since the beginning of December, Trocheck has been amazing. But look back at, you know, before December. It's not like he was lighting it up all year long. Like he was pickupable. You know, a month a month before now. He he was out there and, and somewhat available. And if you picked him up then, then you're super fucking happy. But Barkov was never available. Ever. All right, Bright nineteen is asking. We're in a dynasty league here. Wallstrom or Middlestat? So, Oliver Wallstrom, Casey Middlestat. Who's your pick? That that's we, that's weird that you say that. I honestly, I would go. I feel like initially I would go Wallstrom because I think that he's going to play a bigger part on that team than Middlestat likely will on his. So you are you waiting for the next coach after Lambert? Always, I'm always waiting for the next thing. Because it doesn't seem like Lane Lambert or Barry Trotz. Nobody likes Wallstrom enough to give him a shot. Like he, he had well, then I hope he goes somewhere here. else. Because yeah, I, I well. do honestly believe that he is better than he's getting credit for. There, I mean, do you think he only deserves to be playing, you know, 10 minutes one night, you know, 12 minutes another night? Like, I, I feel like he deserves more time on ice than that. But he is hasn't he gotten... That's, He's only gotten over 15 minutes once this year, one time. If, All right, so this is what I'll give you. If Wallstrom and Middlestat were both on the Sabres, I would probably pick Wallstrom. But Wallstrom has been getting buried. He's getting the Andre Kasha treatment. That's what I see here. I think five years from now, we're going to be talking about Wallstrom. Oh, why is yada, yada, yada burying Wallstrom? And he's the next Andre Kasha. Middlestat, I feel like, is a slow burn. Like he's getting better little by little every single year. He's serviceable. And then I don't know where he's just going to be, but I think he's building on serviceable every single year until he's good, and then he's going to build on good till he's great. And Buffalo's system, and then he's going to be you know twenty nine by that time that you're talking about, and he's going to be out of league. Whatever. And it, like 
Whatever. The shit. Couturier is good. Couturier is good in fantasy. He was when he was healthy. And then he was a slow burn, too. Oh, Couturier Buffalo. Is, is a way better talent and even was back at this time of his career as as far as Middlestack goes. I mean, I... Whatever. All right. So I'm not I'm not trying to, like, Mott and Bailey here. All I'm doing is, like... Hey, you asked the question. Plus, I gave my answer. Plus, what's coming in Buffalo is going to be better than what's coming in the New York Islanders system. Like, what do you have in the New York Islanders? You have Atu Ratu, and that's it. Like, Otto Koivola might never work out. Uh, Michael Dalcole didn't work out. Like, all of their best prospects are either playing or are Bodie Wild and just are <laughs> never going to play. So, I like Buffalo a hell of a lot better. I like Middlestat. You know, Jack Quinn's going to wind up probably taking his spot at center, but I think Middlestat's going to still be a more serviceable player than Wallstrom long-term. Yeah, he'll be and doing I, it know, from I'll the third that, line the entire time. He's a, he's a bottom six player. Not right now, he's not. Ugh. And Wallstrom is. So, that's where I'm at. I, I pick Middlestat, you pick Wallstrom. That's where we're at. All good. All right, Swiss cheese, 12-man redraft, wins, saves, goals, above average save percentage. All right, this is going to be a goalie question. Sweet. Uh, he's currently holding four goalies, and he's got to drop one with no trades. Who's the drop? His four goalies are Bob, Skinner, Murray, and Copley. Uh, Bobrovsky, Stu Skinner, Matt Murray, Phoenix Copley, for anybody that didn't pick that up. Uh, for me, it's Copley. I think there's too much... Like Los Angeles is in a tight spot right now, and they don't have time to waste. If Phoenix Copley, Copley, whatever it is, somebody please tell me, um, whatever it is, they don't have time to go on a three-game skid and give him time to work his shit out. Like if they're on game three of him shit in the bed, they're not being like, all right, well, let's just see what he's got on game four. No, they're I mean, and shit what's, in the what's bed. Even more, he has what like five straight wins or something like that. Yeah, all right. What happens game eight? Like the next three, he could shit Seven. the bread. We don't know. Seven straight. What, okay, but Peterson, Cal Peterson right now is killing it in the AHL. So if Todd McClellan, not Todd McClellan, Jesus, um, I'm still five years in the past. But if if the Los Angeles Kings like are looking at Copley's stats and, and their shit, and they're looking at Peterson, who's doing well in the AHL, they're going to be like, all right, let's fucking swap him. That's well, that's happen. not fair. You know how I feel about Cal Peterson. Whatever. The Los Angeles is sixth in the league, second in the division. They're four points behind Vegas. They're third in the Western Conference. They do not have games to spare. So for me, it's Phoenix Copley. I think everybody else that's there, yeah, Murray could get hurt. Stuart Skinner's technically a backup on paper. And Bobrovsky is doing whatever he's doing. But I think those three guys, Bob Skinner and Murray, are a lot more stable than Phoenix Copley. So ride Copley while you can, then get rid of him. Because, you know, I, I think a couple bad games and they're starting to think like, all right, should we make the swap? They're not thinking, all right, let's give Jonathan Quick four games in a row. Holy shit, this is ending in 10 minutes. All right. All right, uh, next cheese. Not cheese. Next question, Swiss cheese. All right, I have to edit at 29.21. Um, all right, next question. Ask Zach how Bouchard is doing. He's banging. Yeah? <laughs> that's, that's all he's doing. 
Yeah, I get it. I get it. I still like Evan Bouchard. That ain't going to stop. I still think that he's a good hockey player. And and it, maybe that's one of those guys that, hey, you just got to, hey, we keep on thinking that something's going to come to fruition. But I only like him because I see it. And every now and then, he'll take a ton of shots. He can be good. Trust me. He, he can got, he can be good. Points? Trust me. Uh, he yeah, he's lately? A, uh, he has zero in his last five. He's on, on a little right. five five point drought. I just want everybody out there to remember who the first person in the entire world to say you should drop Evan Bouchard was. I want everybody to remember that. Hey, no, 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 no. I'm not saying you can't drop him. I'm just saying that I like him and that he is the- gonna that he is going to be better than you think he is. All right, next question. What's the outlook for Line A moving forward? Clearly, the Blue Jackets are tanking for Bedard, so I feel like he's playing like ass, but occasionally he has decent games. Is he a hold if they get Bedard next year? Is he a keep? So we're talking a keeper league here, uh, year-over-year kind of implications, not just a one-year um, league. And in a one-year league, he's a hold. But uh, And I think if they do get Bedard, then we're looking at Line A. It's kind of like if you're in keep five, I'm keeping him. If you're going to keep six, whatever, I'm keeping him. So, like, keep four, that's where it starts to get a little iffy. I don't know. Yeah, keep three, here... keep four. He's he's a fringe keeper. He's, you know, mm-hmm. if that's your best keeper, then, yeah. Like, you know what I mean? If that's your, Depending on your what third the best is, player, yeah. then all right. That's what it is, then. The problem is, Bedard is a sniper, too. So, I wonder, you know, they're going to be, they're going to have some magnetism. But are they going to attract or are they going to repel? Like, what side of the magnet are we getting? I think they're going to play together. They're going to be, you know, either they're going to thrive or they're going to you know, not work. So, I don't know. Things could happen. Maybe they, you know, go line one, line two, play on the power play together, and that works. But, I don't know. Team's not going to get worse if they get Connor Bedard. So, um, I think he's a hold. If they get Bedard, I'm looking at him in a keep five. Gulag Kingpin. He's got Anderson, Kemper, and Markstrom. All right, so he's got Anderson, Kemper, and Markstrom. He wants to trade one for a skater. He's thinking Kemper would provide good value while Markstrom is going to get starts as they chase a playoff spot. What do you guys think? Redraft cats. Redraft cats. Jesus, I'm half a bottle of wine in and starting <laughs> to catch up with me. Wins, save percentage, goals allowed average. I'm right on board with him. Like I think Kemper is the best return. You still got a goalie in Anderson who's going to give you the wins and the uh you know, the quality stats, and I think the quantity stats go to Markstrom. So I think Kemper is the guy that you do give up. I'm inclined to agree with you. The only thing is uh, Anderson's future is kind of uncertain um, in Carolina. There, there's there been a lot of talk about their, they they really seem like they want to move one of these three goalies. Now, it, it seems to me that, honestly, the answer might be Anderson, but then you got to find a buyer that's looking for that level of goalie. You know what I mean? Most teams wow. that look for that kind of goalie already have one. I don't think it happens this year. Kachikovs is he's waivers exempt, so they can just send him down. It's really not a big problem. But they don't want to, is the story. Well, so you overbake him. Fine. Let him win for the checkers. Well, well, well. I I vote Kemper. I don't think Markstrom is going to get you enough. And I think Anderson's ceiling is too high to gamble away so Kemper just seems the right guy 
Well, 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 if it isn't Bill from the Discord, which teams going forward have the best slash worst schedules rest of season? Any team that I could get more games played out of and target their players in a trade or on the wire. What's interesting here, well, 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 if it isn't Bill, is that we're actually going to be doing a episode on this next week. Huzzah! But in the meantime, powerrankingsguru.com slash NHL slash strength dash of dash schedule dot php i'll put that in the show notes for you uh but what it does is it takes the strength of schedule algorithm which is actually pretty neat it takes um okay so it takes you versus every single opponent that you have for the rest of the season and then times their record and their all of their opponents so it's like this really deep algorithm it you versus a team versus all of their opponents, how well they've done. And then it like kind of rolls downhill and it shows you who has the best schedule the rest of the way, best schedules, rest of the way by their metrics, flames, avalanche stars, Oilers Kraken. That's your top five best or uh, best teams to target rest of season. Like in terms of like ease of schedule, I'm not saying like off nights or fantasy schedule or any of that, just like ease of opponents. Those are the best teams to target the most difficult remaining schedules the canadians the blue jackets the islanders the rangers and the red wings those are the top five hardest rest of season schedules in terms Good, of i'm not opponents. i'm not interested in a lot of those guys anyway yeah and then everybody else is just kind of in the middle so the, the middle of the pack is like predators kings flyers hurricanes bruins so you know you work your way out from there but uh the teams to target by way of this metric are the Flames, the Avalanche, the Stars, Oilers, and Kraken, which are pretty fun teams to like load up on if you can. But what we're planning to do next week is a um, kind of like a trade deadline preview. Um, we're going to take – and actually, I should put this up as a poll on Twitter um, and maybe in the Discord too, but like where are your guys' playoffs? Uh, I know ours, a lot of ours, just skipped the last week. So we need to know – when we when we have an episode like playoff primer and like what teams to target in the playoffs, there's a billion different leagues out there with a billion different settings. We can't just talk mm-hmm. one. You know what I mean? So like yeah. we want to know that the top two um, are your playoffs typically four weeks long. Are they three weeks long? What do they do? Um, that way we can cater to you guys instead of just kind of like throwing darts. Because if we tried to talk everybody's different playoff schedule, it'd be a six hour long episode. So we're not interested in doing that. We have lives and sleep to get. so And you're not you know, interested in hearing us talk for six hours straight. No, no. About somebody else's playoff implications. Especially especially if we're drinking, because by the end of it, we're going to be arguing what are the top three trilogies of all time. And it's it's not going to be a good time for anybody. That sounds like any, a great episode. If anybody's wondering, it's the Dark Knight trilogy, Lord of the Rings That's... trilogy, and I don't know. I don't even know. I'm a huge fan of Jason Bourne, so I like that trilogy, but... I don't know if it's top three. Godfather's up there, I'm sure. Back to the Future is pretty rad. I mean, Star Wars trilogy. Throw Star right? Wars in there, Jesus Christ! Yeah, but I know what in the little, world is going on here. Well, Little T's gonna give me shit. He's like, but there's nine movies. It's not a trilogy. But you go I'm up about to anybody. To put All right, fucking so, Harry Potter in this bitch. Hey, wait, wait, wait. So we're already getting into the fight. We need to stop here. All right, <laughs> let's get into the actual weekend preview, shall we? Because that's the second half of this episode. Isn't that uh, why There are uh, two teams with three games plus the Friday-Sunday awesome weekend schedule 
and that's Washington and Arizona. And actually what's nice is we don't need to talk Lars Eller. Like there's other guys doing stuff in Washington, which is pretty rad. And then Arizona, you know, there's actually people doing stuff there too. So I think this is going to be a fun one. Uh, just Friday and Sunday, you're looking at Winnipeg, Calgary, Florida, Anaheim, and Chicago. You're not really looking at Chicago, but they do play Friday, Sunday. Uh, Washington, who are you interested over here? Anybody? Uh, I kind of like Dylan Strome. Uh, mm-hmm. He's 26% owned. Two goals, two assists in his last five. My my big problem here is um, that he's only playing 16 minutes time on ice, like on, on average. Um but uh, I would love to see him out there more. He does take like a pretty great amount of faceoffs. Like you wouldn't think that he is a huge faceoff guy, but he takes a good bit of them, especially now that he's on the uh, top line at the moment. Uh, but I do. I like Dil- Dylan Strom. And he's playing with Ovi, who's chasing the goal record. And mm-hmm. my guy is Connor Sherry, who's got seven assists in his last six games. So he's definitely contributing to this goal record. Uh, all of them are at even strength except for one point, which is a shorthanded point. Playing on that top line, like I said, with your Dylan Strom, with Alexander Ovechkin. And that's just in his last six games. He's got a goal and seven assists. Eight points all day in his last six. He's 24% rostered. Dylan Strom, 26. So we're right in that, like, one out of every four leagues range. So this is a very streamable pair of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Johansson, you know, he doesn't seem super trustworthy, but he's doing stuff lately, and he's very available. He's 4% roster. He's got five points in his last six. What say you there? He's got a new line mate in uh, TJ Oshie as well. Um, I'm somewhat down for Marcus Johansson. Honestly, I'm down for a lot of these streams for, for these Caps players. Uh, not only do they have some good value up and down, but they have this great schedule. I like Johansson. Uh, we already talked about, you know, Eric Gustafson just the other day. I think that yep. he is a, a great possible answer. Wish he shot a little more. But, I mean, you're getting a little bit of, you know, a little bit of hits, a little bit of blocks every now and then. But he's definitely getting these points. And he has the, you know, uh, uh, he's playing with who he needs to play to be viable right now, I guess is where I'm going. Uh, he's got but the poor. Yeah. Um, Sonny Milano, he's a player in the NHL. He's a real life person. Um, <laughs> but hold on, before we move off, because Southson is <laughs> available in one out of th- three leagues, so go check him out. Yeah, he's and from what I heard player. in our Tuesday trends episode, he's going to get a million points in the next game. So, yeah, go for him. It's true. Uh, but no, in all seriousness, though, seriously, Sonny Milano, his three goals and five assists in his last ten games. That's not bad. It's not bad. And if you're looking for just points, a possible streamer is him. If if these other guys are taken, uh, one guy that I know that you always used to love, Anthony Mantha, um, he's a possible option. He's honestly at the bottom of my list on these options, which sucks because I don't know. I feel like we've been. He's one of those players that we've been waiting. We've been waiting, mm-hmm. and I know you were waiting for a long time, and it just yeah. kind of doesn't come to fruition. What what in the world? I. His season with Larkin was so much fun. And I, like, I thought that was the beginning of something beautiful, and it just wasn't. It was an absolute catfish moment. It was a mirage. Yeah, it was. Um, but yeah, he's 10% rot. Like, all right, so out of the guys we've already talked about, who do you rank first? I feel like it's got to be between Shiri and Strom. 
Gustafsson, I, I obviously. Like, I like Strom. You you asked me the question yeah. right off the bat. Who are you taking? I pick Strom. I'll take Strom. I like Shiri. And both of those guys are, are good options at this point. If you're looking for bangs, there's a couple of guys that you really should be looking at. It's Matt Irwin at 0% rostered. He's got 21 hits in his last seven uh, six games and 12 blocks. So he's doing stuff. He's doing stuff hard. He's riffing out the ass. And then Fevs has been back for two games. He's already got seven hits and four blocks and an assist. So fucking look him up because he's cool. Uh, Arizona, shall we? Uh, we shan't. But shan't? If you but you insist. If you insist. I, I think Schmaltz. we shan't. Schmaltz. Schmaltz. Yeah, I mean Nick Schmaltz is fucking twenty two percent roster, man, and he's gonna he's gonna schmaltz he's gonna schmaltz all over your opponent. And you want him to be on your team. You don't want to get schmaltzed on. You wanna be the schmaltzer. That's true. That's, that is so true. <laughs> you never, never want to be heard, a I've never heard a truer statement in my entire yeah. life. Nobody wants to be a schmaltzy. So, get you some Schmaltz, uh, center right wing, uh, and he's the only other player like the only the only other team that's going to play three games in four nights over the rest of the weekend. So, uh, I like the Capitals the best. They've got Columbus, Nashville, and then Columbus again. That's pretty. And then Arizona's got a couple guys in their own weight class: the Flyers and then Chicago Blackhawks. And then they're going to get fucking stomped by Pittsburgh on Sunday. But you know, Schmaltz might get a point or two. I think he's the pick. If There's Tristan Jory guys... ain't back, they might not. They they might. Oh, yeah. not get stopped. Put Casey DeSmith in there, and he's gonna get Schmaltz is just gonna schmaltz all <laughs> yeah. over Casey DeSmith. Yeah, DeSmith's gonna get schmaltzed. He is. Oh my god. He might even get Lawson Krauss or Nick Bugstadted. Uh Those two guys are fucking hammering away right now. Krauss no one's is gonna get Nick Bugstadted. banging bodies. Dude, six games. He's got 11 hits, nine blocks. He's periffing out the ass. Ten shots, five points in six games. Kraus is doing the thing. Uh, he's filling categories. If you're in a Cats League and you're looking for like a low-level kind of filler, a little bit of everything, Kraus is your guy this weekend. Absolutely. That, that'd that be the guy. He's got two pims on top, so like he is doing everything. He's taking face-offs. He's losing them, but he's taking them. He's only got two face-offs. He lost them both, so whatever. What's that? Uh, what's the math on that? 0.33 face-offs per game. Nice. Um, yeah. That's what I got in Arizona. I'm looking at Schmaltz, Bukestad, Kraus. Um, and Bukes, like Bukestad's got three three goals in six games. I feel you. 11 I wanna, shots. I want to pose something to you. Okay. Now, a little higher up, obviously, and I know he's actually been getting dropped a bunch lately. Shane Goss' pair, 67% out. I feel like Shane Gossespierre, there's a, a decent time to maybe actually pick him up because what are the chances do you think that it's actually Shane Gossespierre that gets moved at the trade deadline instead of Chikrin? They've been dragging their feet mm. with the whole Chikrin thing for what it feels like forever. Ghost is the one on, on an expiring contract. He's about to be a free agent. And he's at four and a half million a year. Even if that takes some of that cap space off of there, doesn't it make sense for Ghost to be the one to get traded? And you would think that he would get traded to a team where he would somewhat be getting used in, in more of a capacity, maybe not more of a capacity than in Arizona, but he'd be on a better team. Well, better team doesn't check the box of what I was about to say. I, I feel like he'd fit in Anaheim just for shits and gigs, right? Like 
Klingberg didn't work. Klingberg is going to be the one that people buy. No, but I think people are going to buy. Like maybe he's the rental, you know. There's two rentals over there, and and good teams are going to be like, all right, is it Klingberg or Ghostus Bear? Uh, which one are we doing? Ghostus Bear, and uh, I don't know. They'd pick Klingberg every time, but then you know, fucking Anaheim can go buy Ghostus Bear and just replace it. Probably be better. I don't know. I think Chicken gets moved, but they're well, waiting. I don't think like, they're they not going to pro- pay him. It would be hard to probably be worse. So I mean, they would have to probably be better because Anaheim has regressed a shit ton since last year they were supposed to make a jump forward and they've actually regressed they're in like the bottom you know two in almost every possible stat that you can imagine in the entire league this year they are horrible good year to be bad for sure you got Connor bedard right there so and a lot of dude the rest of the oh man i can't wait to start dynasty series because like the rest of the top 10 it's fucking sweet it's cool gonna be fun uh, all right so friday sunday teams winnipeg calgary florida i guess anaheim and chicago whatever but i don't know winnipeg is the best team i think because also next week the jets have one of the best schedules and i think you know there's a chance you could ride this weekend and ride it into next week the problem is that there's fucking nobody to pick up nobody yeah. healthy at Ew. least you got blake wheeler 50% rostered right now who very well could play on Friday. Uh, we don't know where he's at in his recovery, but it very well could happen this weekend. So Blake Wheeler is somebody I want you guys to watch uh, this weekend because he's owned at 50%. And then there's Cole Perfetti. He's pretty close to 14% rostered. There's not there's not a ton here on their active roster right now in terms of offense. Like the only options that you have in Winnipeg are for banks and that kind of that cuts out half of the people that might be listening because not everybody's in a fucking cats league. You don't so, want to take a crazy flyer on Christian Reichel? No. I mean Sam Gagne's on wasn't he on the top line for a minute, but thirteen minutes, like I don't know what they're doing with their lines right now. What are they doing with their lines right now? They're all over. They keep the place. all yeah, they switch it. They're everywhere. There's Connor Dubois and Reichel. So that was your top line guy. And I guess like, you know, in a deep enough league you can be interested, but Reichel's got an assist. He had 10 minutes. He's averaging 10 minutes. <laughs> mm-hmm. and One yeah, shot so on like, goal. One shot on goal, too. Is that top line? He's got eight hits, which is pretty badass. Oh, no, that's Jansen Harkins. I read the wrong line. but uh, He has okay. two hits. Skip that one. Uh, I don't know. Bangs, Bangs is a good place to go because Lowry's banging. DeMello's doing a little bit of everything. There's guys here who are banging. Uh, Lowry, 19 hits in his last six games, so... If if you're gonna look in Winnipeg, bangs is what you get, unless you can snake a Blake Wheeler and get lucky this weekend. Calgary, let's talk about your guy, your favorite guy. Who's that? Michael Backlund. Oh, I do like Michael Backlund. And what's we nice can, is there's we, we can their definitely schedule talk is about badass. Calgary is playing the Islanders and then Chicago, so like Michael Backlund might be the pick if you're looking for Friday Sunday. Feel like he should always be the pick, and he's a he's definitely somewhat available too. I mean, he's fifteen percent owned, so I mean, it's a great time to go get him. Uh, he's always, uh, you know, a point getter. He he just is that kind of guy. Um, you know, you're not gonna get a you know a Tyler Toffoli. You're not gonna get you know a lot of these other people. Um, Blake Coleman has been doing jack shit, so I, 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 I don't even want to say him. 
so I do. I mean, it's it's Backlund here for me, and almost nobody else. Um, who who else do you like? You you want to you want to uh, go Manchiapani? You want to go Dubé? Well, oh god, it hurts. Um, Lucci just playing with Kadri and Huberto. I don't know if I can get behind that. No, it's hard to. Um, Manjipani still taking a shit ton of shots. He's just not scoring. Yeah, that's his thing. And he's with Coleman and Backlund on that third line, so that could be the place to go. Lucic playing with Kadri and Huberto. Mm, that is. I am gross. not going to put yucky. my name. I am not going to put my name on a Milan Lucic stream. I can't do it. I'm sorry. It does. It feels. If yucky. you want to do it, you yeah. can do it. But I'm not putting my name on that. Yeah. And Dylan Dubé's on the top line with Lindholm and Toffoli. He's hitting a bunch, but he's just cashing in a lot less than expected playing with top line guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I'm going Michael Backlund or Mangiapane here. I mean, that that's just me. Yep. All right. Eric Stahl in Florida. That's kind of a Hail Mary, but he's uh, 1% rostered. He is scoring quite a bit uh, in the last two weeks. So he's an option. Maybe he's not a good option, but he's an option. That's all I got to say there. Um, yeah, where's he at? He's got four fucking goals in his last six games, 13 shots. He's doing face-offs pretty good. I don't know. It doesn't feel right. Like I feel like we're reaching here. And then E2 Lewis Terrain, and he's got a couple goals in his last six games. He's shooting twice a game. He's got eight hits. Like Things have just – I feel like the, game, the, the teams that were most interesting were Washington and Arizona. They play three times. They have a Friday Sunday. They have good options. And now we're reaching. So like we're talking we're talking options just to get them out there and be like, you know, we don't want to deal with people. Why didn't you talk about E2 Lewis Terrain and they got Friday? No. I, it's because Like don't Arizona get me wrong. Yeah. And I Washington, want to that's talk where you should about go. Anton Lundell. I, I wanna be able to say him. He's playing yeah. like trash. Like the rest of the Florida Panthers right now. So that's yep. the whole thing. Yeah. Uh, my normal guys that I would love to talk about from some don't of these blame teams. Us. Yeah, playing shitty. So I can't. I can't tell you to go out and <laughs> <laughs> write your local congressman. Do it. Send letters to Florida. Tell them to fucking get their act together. Barkov's doing shit though, which is cool. He's got six points in his last four games. So yeah, but you ain't going out. You ain't going out yeah. and picking him up. He ain't fifteen percent owned. You know. I know, but like he was a trends guy, right? We were talking about why is he cold and well, this no, ain't fucking Tuesday, TJ. He's doing shit. Wednesday. It's close enough. It's Trends Day. Trends Day. Yeah, right. <laughs> All right. Anaheim. Anaheim, nothing's going on. I mean, you could. I feel like it's obligatory to talk about Adam Henrique, but whatever. Chicago, no. No. I don't know. I'm not. I can't force Chicago right now. No. No. I'm not doing it. So that's but, it. But. Max Domi. No, he slowed uh, He slowed down. Uh, but Max Domi. Max no. Domi was doing good for a bit. He's doing good for a bit. He was definitely was he? he was definitely picked Yeah, he was he was definitely pick up a there for a bit. He's back to sucking. Max Domi's like Not a two AM. He's a two AM all right, I got to go home with somebody kind of fucking pick up. That's what it is. So I mean if you oh got to Oh my god, I would right? not want to go Try home eligible. with Max Domi. He does such a good job on his eyebrows though. Max Domi did I feel like if I went home with him at 2 a.m., I would say yes until I said no. You know what I mean? And then, yeah. 
All right, prep for next week. The The teams that have the best schedules next week are going to be the Oilers and the Jets. The Jets do have a good weekend schedule. I feel like Blake Wheeler is kind of the only option that makes sense if you're in a deep enough league. Then Perfetti kind of trickles over into next week. And that's all teetering on whether or not they're healthy this weekend for that to kind of cash in. The Oilers, man. Clem Costin. He's riding on the top line with McDavid right now. So I, I, I almost feel like... You know, if you're super ahead this weekend and you don't need to worry about it, go for Clem Costin. He's got five points in his last six games. He's got nine shots, which isn't awesome. Get this, 28 hits in six games. Clem Costin at 2% rostered. So if if you're ahead or if you're getting smoked, uh, Clem Costin's the guy you want to pick up for next week. Whether or not he's on the top line or if he's somewhere else, he's still going to be giving you the hits. He has been doing... Uh, all of the offense without like he just got moved up to the top line and he's still doing shit. So I'm in. I think Klaus, Clem Costin's the guy for next week. Wasn't Clem Christopher Walken's character's name in Joe Dirt? You're talking my boy. You're talking my boy all wrong. <laughs> you do it again. I'll stab you in the face with a soldering iron. <laughs> I love it. Uh, Nashville and Montreal have pretty decent schedules. Uh, Montreal doesn't. Nobody scores there, so what happened to somebody has to score there, Zach? Nobody's doing it. Nobody's doing it. <laughs> Someone's got to score it. Yeah, it's the other team. That's what happened. Like somebody's <laughs> got to score. It doesn't always work. Because, Montreal, Montreal's yeah. so bad right now. They are. They're they're so bad. Yeah, they're nobody's so bad. gonna do it. So everybody wants Bedard that bad that they're they're putting out team wide memos. Stay away yeah. from the net. <laughs> yeah. Just give it to the other guy. Fuck. <laughs> hot, hot potato, guys. All right. That's it. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Very minimal editing coming your way. And uh, enjoy the raw version. So we will. What what episode was this? Like Weekend? All right. We'll catch you for the week preview. I've finished a lot of wine this episode. So hopefully, I don't know, I'll listen to it tomorrow. We'll see how it comes out. Love you guys. Huzzah. Um, yeah, Love you. HF Twitter. FHF Twitter on hockey and no, don't even bother. Fucking don't even Discord. bother bringing us up. Love Fuck you, bye. <laughs> Love you, bye. Love you.